0: This is the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. Hey, 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 everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today for episode 50. Wow. 50 episodes. When I first began this podcast, I never thought we'd get to 50, but here we are. And so just got to thank God for just everything he's done with this podcast and I know recently we haven't been as consistent as we needed to be, but uh, I'm just so grateful for those of you who have stuck around and continue to listen and and share. And um, man, it's been an honor to be able to bring these episodes to you uh, each time. And so let's celebrate that 50 episodes. Awesome. So so thankful uh, again that uh, for the opportunity to share wisdom and insight to help us live uncommon lives for Jesus. So. Congratulations on 50 on Common Christian Podcast. Well, we are continuing a four-part series that we're calling Living Rent-Free. Now, this series is based off, as we mentioned in our uh, opening episode of this series, is uh, based off an episode series that we did with our church on the topic of mental health called Mastermind. And you can view that series at reallifechurch.org, or you can download the Real Life Church app on whatever platform you get your apps from. But this is a really great series that I would highly recommend you go watch and then also listen uh, to the podcast episodes as well. But basically, the premise of this series is that we are allowing things, false perspective, lies about who we are, what we are, and how we are to live rent-free in our minds. That term rent-free is a is a Gen Z term. Basically, we're letting these thoughts live in our head, and it's bothering us, and it's wrecking our lives, honestly. And what we are finding is that our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And so if you were to do an evaluation of your life in your thoughts, you would most likely find that your life is moving towards the direction of the thoughts that are winning the day in your mind, basically living rent-free, right? So if you're always constantly looking for problems, well, I guess then you likely are probably having a lot of problems in your life. And the opposite can be true of that as well, too. So our premise is, man, I'm tired of those negative thoughts and unhelpful and untrue thoughts living rent-free in my mind, and I'm sure you are as well, too. So let's do something about it. That's the point of this series. So last episode... Uh, Recapping our last episode, uh, when we have a thought, good or bad, our brain creates what is called a neural pathway, right? So our brains create these neural pathways, which makes thinking a thought again easier, okay? And it's like our brain builds a pathway back to that thought, so when we want to think it again, it's easier the next time to think it. So the more we think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought again and again. And if we think it long enough, that thought ends up becoming the default thought that we go back to over and over again. For example, if you tell yourself that you're not good enough over and over again, well, now you've created a pathway where it's easier to think that you're never going to have enough or never be good enough. Rather than believing that God finds you worthy, Or that God is your source. And that can lead to all kinds of fear and all kinds of anxiety, which then impact on top of many things, your emotional and mental health, which then uh, puts you in a situation where you start to make decisions based on that thought. That's uh, That's what a negative neural pathway does for you. Okay? So that's where we were in our last episode. So in order to change our thinking, we are going to have to change the path that our thoughts are traveling on. And as we create new thoughts, we'll begin to create new pathways to those thoughts. Now, most of us assume that our thoughts are just random and that we have very little control over them. Like we can't control when we have a negative thought or when we have a worried thought. And and we think we don't know when a positive thought is going to uh, pop into our brain. But in fact, the opposite is true, as we talked about in the last episode, that we actually can and have the ability to control what we think. And we can evict the thoughts that we don't want in our minds because our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And if we want to change our lives, we have to start by changing our thoughts. We can no longer allow the unhelpful and untruthful thoughts to live rent-free in our minds. Now, I mentioned this lapses. Last episode, and I'll mention it again, and I'll mention it in the uh, next two future episodes. I understand and I want to acknowledge that there are a lot of us who might be listening whose thought life is not as easily controlled by ourselves. Because of things like clinical depression and the uh, chemical imbalances in our brain, it makes controlling our thought life difficult. And if that is you right now and you're walking through that, I want you to know that if you are seeking medical help and medical uh, uh, medication, that is 100% okay. There, It's okay to literally not be okay. And what I'm sharing today is in no way means to replace that, but to come alongside and partner with that. So all the thoughts that we're sharing on this series is always in partnership to whatever it is that you're walking through uh, from a medical expertise. Okay, so last week we talked about the truth about lies. This week, I want to talk about how do we begin to fix our thoughts, okay? One of the most well-known writers in the New Testament, we mentioned, we talked about him a little bit in the last episode, was Paul, the Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. Now, he wrote a lot about the mind struggle, honestly. And he wrote a lot about it and how we experience it. And he had some really helpful insights and interesting tadbits on how we can deal with it. So in his letter to followers of Jesus who were living in a first century place called Philippi, this is what he wrote to them. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So here's what Paul does here. Paul designed for us a filter by which all of our thoughts should come through. So everything that we're thinking, we should filter it through these, th- this thought filter, basically. So if whatever we're thinking is one of these, okay? If the thought is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and worthy of praise, then we should think it. Now, what does each of those mean? Well, if a thought is true, the question we have to ask is, Is this thought fact and does it match up with reality? If it is not fact and if it does not match up with reality, we should evict it. How about this? Is it honorable? Is this thought worthy of me giving honor to it? If it is not a honorable thought, we should evict it. How about this? Right. Is this a good thought? Is this a right thought to have in my mind? If it is not, we should evict it. Pure. Is this thought wholesome? Does it make me feel better about myself, and is it what God would define as pure? Is it wholesome? If it is not, we should evict it. Is it lovely? Is this a beautiful thought? If it's not, we should evict it. Is it admirable? Is this thought a respectable thought? If it is not, we should evict it. Is it an excellent thought? Is this thought outstanding? Does it meet the burden of, of outstanding? If it is not, we should evict it. And lastly, is this thought worthy of praise? Maybe a better way of saying this is, is this thought worthy of my gratitude? If it is not worthy of my gratitude, then we should evict it. If, it is, if, if your thoughts going through this filter is one of those things, we should think about it. Now, why does Paul recommend this? Because every time we think a thought, remember, it becomes easier and easier to think that thought again. And if you think that thought long enough, it becomes the default thought in your brain. See, Paul understood that if we have nothing but negative, impulsive, selfish pathways that we've developed, then we're only going to be negative, impulsive, and selfish. Let me say it again. If we only have nothing but negative, impulsive, and selfish neural pathways that we've developed, then we're only going to be negative, impulsive, and selfish. But if we choose a new thought and we fix ourselves on those thoughts, it'll create a new pathway which will lead to different decisions in outcome. Now, another translation of this verse that Paul wrote to the Philippian Christians reads it this way. It says, If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Okay? Now, you might hear the word meditate. And your mind uh, naturally gravitates to, like, the New Age stuff, the chanting, and all like that. But this is not what Paul is recommending, okay? He's not recommending that. When you hear this word meditate, I want you to think of the phrase training my mind, right? Training my mind. So when we meditate, we are basically training our minds very much like we exercise our bodies. Right When you exercise, you are training your bodies to be able to perform and exercise over and over again. Well, the same thing happens in our meditation. We are training our brain to think these good thoughts over and over again. Now, we see this practice by men and women who understood that in order to make sure true and helpful thoughts are living rent-free in their minds, they needed God's truth to be the occupants of their mind. Right. Like there's a guy uh, in the Bible who whose name was King David and King David was one of uh, God's most loyal followers. And David wrote in one of his writings in the Bible, he wrote this. He said, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. You see, this isn't about like emptying ourselves or our minds and leaving it empty like New Age meditation would say. What David is doing and showing us is that as we empty our minds of the negative stuff, we fill it with God's truth, the good stuff. When we're thinking about God's presence and God's goodness and his works, and we're filling our minds with the thoughts of God. Now, why is this important? because we've already said this several times, because our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And if a thought comes into your mind, you will create a pathway for it, and it will eventually come out in your life as well. Now, hear me when I say this. You can't have a positive life with a negative mind. I'll say it again. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. Your thoughts matter because they are shaping you. Your thoughts matter because they are basically framing and forming who you are and the decisions that you make. And so we have to do whatever we can to get our thoughts to a place where they are shaping us for the good. Because if we can't control what we think, then we'll never be able to control what we do. I'll say that again if we can't control what we think, we'll never be able to control what we do. So. Let's talk about some practical ways to begin to rewire our brains and filling our minds with the thoughts of God, okay? And and, and as I said before in, in our previous episode, these are just thoughts. These are not surefire seven-step and you'll be a better thinker and have positive thoughts. These are just things that you can begin to try to do to help your thoughts move in the direction that will lead you to the best life that God wants for you, okay? So again, we mentioned this in our previous episode, but we have to start by Again, identifying the stronghold. Identifying the stronghold that is holding you back. As we talked about in our last episode, a stronghold is a lie that we have believed that is affecting the direction of our lives. So thoughts like, you know, uh, I'll never be good enough or I can't trust anyone or if I find the right person, then I'll be happy. No, those are strongholds. Those are lies. And so what we do is once we identify the lie, Right? Then we replace the stronghold with God's truth. Okay. So we have to identify what is the lie or stronghold that we've been believing. Okay. Once we've identified that, then we replace that lie with God's truth. Again, it's not enough to just identify the lie and try to get rid of it because remember, we've created pathways for it. We actually have to put what God says about that lie in our minds. Hence the meditation. Of God's word God's letter to us right and so as we replace the lie with God's truth we capture it and we make it obedient to the words of Jesus which will then fill our minds with the truth of God and as we're doing that we will begin to develop new pathways in our brains now once we've done that then here's what we should do okay so we identify the stronghold or the lie we replace it with God's truth and then we should write it down now this seems really simple okay but it's really powerful. You see, writing it down causes us to focus even more on the truth because it leads us down a new pathway. And not only does it lead us down one pathway, but it creates new pathways in our brain which will in turn create new habits, new decision-making, and new behavior choices. Now, here's why this part is super important, and let me kind of just talk you through the process, okay? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna write it down, then we're going to think it, then we're going to speak it until we believe it, okay? So write it down, think it, speak it, until you believe it. Write it, think it, speak it, until you believe it. Kind of catchy, isn't it, right? And here's what happens when we do this. Scientifically speaking, we are creating new neural pathways. We're basically charting new trails in our brain. Spiritually speaking, we are letting the thoughts of God fill up in our minds. We are taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Jesus. We are focusing our minds on everything that is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and worthy of praise. Now, this process actually works. And I've mentioned this before in in a previous episode of the podcast, but my wife can tell you There is no amount of criticism that you can throw at me that hasn't already been thrown at myself 10 times over by myself. I literally am my own worst critic, and I'm always constantly fighting against myself over the strongholds or lies that I have allowed to become truths in my mind. So what I did a few years back is I took some time to really just kind of focus in on what God says about me and who he wants me to be, and I came away from that time just kind of hearing three words over and over again, three truths, three God-given identity traits that I was going to put all my thoughts and my character and my decision-making through in my mind about me. And if they fit these three words, they get to stay. And if they didn't, then they had to go. And then what I also did is I added what are called keystone habits, which are basically the way I was going to live out those words. And the words were simple, humble, hungry, and healthy. With humble, I wanted to live and operate out of a posture of serving others rather than a stance of being served by others so that in everything I do with, with, with Jesus, with my wife, with my kids, with my church, with my people, with the people I lead, I wanted to make sure that I am serving them first. Now, I'm not always perfect at this. Uh, every, people that I work with and my wife and kids can tell you I'm not always perfect at it. But I try every single day to, to, to serve from a posture of humility to serve people. The second one is hungry. And the keystone habit is I will do whatever it takes to live out my God-given purpose. So whatever God has called me to, whatever he has asked me to do, whatever my assignment is, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it unapologetically. And over the course of our life, the Lord has asked us to take risk and leaps of faith and move and stay short period of time. And I don't feel bad necessarily about listening to what God has asked us to do because I want to be hungry. That's what God has put me in. And then healthy. I will prioritize my spiritual, relational, physical, and mental health. That these things are so important in order for me to be the kind of follower, husband, father, and pastor that God has called me to be. So every day I remind myself in the morning and during the day and at night that God has asked me to be humble. He has asked me to be hungry, and he has asked me to be healthy. And any thoughts or decisions or behaviors that come to my mind that contradict those thoughts, I need to make obedient to Jesus. Why? Because I want my life to move in the direction of my strongest thoughts. And those thoughts need to be God-breathed, God-inspired, and God's truth. And I want the same for you, too. I want you to follow David and Paul's example and meditate on what God says about you and not what you or others say about you. So write it think it, speak it until you believe it. And when you do this, you'll begin to experience the power of God rewiring your mind, changing your mind. You'll begin to develop new neural pathways, which will in turn lead to new decisions and new behaviors. You'll begin to demolish the strongholds or the lies in your mind and replace them with God's truth. So here's what I to do. I want to challenge you each day, okay? Just do this each day. Pick a time of the day, whether you're a morning person, which most people feel like is the best, or afternoon, whenever it is, okay? Pick a time of the day, 10 to 15 minutes, more if you if you have possible, and, and just read a chapter of the Bible, okay? Read a chapter of the Bible. And whatever you read, I want you to write, it, write and underline anything that just kind of wows you, that sticks out to you. And just to begin to take it in, okay, kind of meditate with it. So you then once you write it, I want you to think about it. Spend time reha- rehashing those thoughts or those words that you just read in your mind. And then speak it. Speak it out loud to yourself. Look yourself in the mirror and tell you this is who God says you are. This is what God has said about you and how much he cares about you and how much he finds you worthy and what he has done on the cross for you. Speak it out loud. Repeat that action over and over again. Write it, think it, speak it until you believe it. And my hope is that as you're doing that, as you're meditating and writing down God's truth and speaking it, eventually God will get a hold of your mind and it gets transformed. And the transformation begins to happen because a changed mind leads to a changed life. A changed mind leads to a changed life. Why? Because our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. All right. Well, I want to thank you for listening today, and if this was helpful for you, would you do me a favor, a big favor, and would you share this with others? Also, I'd love it if you provide a positive rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to your podcast because it will help this show reach more people, and that's what it's about. It's not about fame or popularity. This podcast is all about encouraging and inspiring every Christian to love Jesus, and to live out their purpose in uncommon ways. Thanks for joining, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. For more information on today's topic, visit UncommonChristianPodcast.com.